0: Welcome to the Mayo Clinic cardiovascular continuing medical education podcast. Join us each week to discuss the most pressing topics in cardiology and gain valuable insights that can be directly applied to your practice. Hello everybody, this is Kyle Clarence, a consultant in cardiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and I'm here today For interviews with the experts. And our topic today is going to be aortic dissection. And I have Dr. Shresta with me, who is one of our cardiac surgeons who's been recruited to Mail from Germany and is starting a Center for Excellence for Aortic Disease. Dr. Shresta, it's great to have you here. We're going to be talking about aortic dissection. And I know you are one of the only ones from Europe invited to be on the AATS, the American Association of Thoracic Surgery Guidelines for aortic dissection. I wonder if you could speak a little bit about those guidelines and what they mean to surgeons that are interested in aortic disease like you are.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. So as you said, uh, the AATS last year, that was 2021 actually, published these practice guidelines, which is the first ever practice guidelines published by any society on acute aortic dissections. And at that time, I was still practicing in Germany, and had the honor of being the only European invited by the AATS to be in the practice guidelines. So what these practice guidelines for the first time did was that go through the whole history, how to treat these aortic dissections, and it will be, I think, it's very important for every cardiac surgeon to go through it to know about it because it's important and it gives really good advice what best is to how to treat these different situations with aortic dissection.
0: And uh, is this something that would be applicable to cardiologists alike? Uh, yes,
1: also for the cardiologists because it also shows that, because aortic dissection is the most dangerous and acute emergency that can happen to any human life. If the aorta dissects, the patient can die within hours or even minutes. They say that up to 90% of the people who have acute dissection die within the first day if they are not immediately operated because the whole aorta that transfers blood from the heart to the rest of our body, where about five or six liters of blood are flowing per minute, if that ruptures or dissects, so it's an acute situation where every minute counts. So I think also, not only the cardiologist, but I think also important that everyone working in the emergency room also knows that if someone comes with, let's say the chest pain, it can be also be uh, heart attacks, like people say, or myocardial infarction, but it can also be dissection, which is fortunately not that often as with the heart attacks, but still is possible. So they should know that if at least in their minds that it could be an acute, acute dissection and do at least a CT scan, if not, that's possible immediately do an echocardiography to see that I mean, it is dissection, then to treat or actually call the surgeon as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, so you are uh, you have to have a high index of suspicion and any patient coming in with chest pain, and then have the right imaging modalities. And you're, it sounded like you prefer a CTA or, or a CAT scan with uh, aortography and, and, and coronary anatomy as well. But if not, then we could go ahead with a transesophageal or tra- even transthoracic. I mean, I've, dissect, di- yeah. I've diagnosed dissections on transthoracic echocardiograms several times over my career as well. Are there certain things on the index of suspicion that you would share with those people that are on the front lines so that they don't waste time?
1: Yeah, usually our textbooks, when we were in the medical school, they said that in dissection is, uh, you know, the patients feel a very, very bad penetrating pain uh, between the shoulder blades in the back. But I've seen patients who have totally different, uh, you know, pain history also. Sometimes they don't have pain history, not that bad. But then also, you know, then I've had uh, patients that they were sent home after they presented to the emergency room because the doctor thought, you know, it's not that bad. And they they came back again the next day and we found out it was a dissection. So I think, of course, the most common is usually I would say, yes, myocardial infarctions. But then also the uh, acute aortic dissection should also be thought about because an echocardiography doesn't take that long, right? Once the ECG doesn't so much, then I think one should do an echo at least.
0: Differential blood pressures are also something I remember learning about in medical school between the right and the left arm. So we used to still do talk to our trainees about taking blood pressures in in the right and left arm. And if there's a differential, how I don't even know what the incidence of that is. I think I should know. I always look for it. But if I don't find it, do I still have to worry about dissection?
1: Yeah, normally the the thing is that because in the days I went to medical school 35 years ago, I, I finished medical school 30 years ago or actually more than 35 years ago, almost 40 years ago, actually. So in those days, of course, we used to take the blood pressure and the echocardiography was not available in every ER for every young students at least, right? Uh, So in those days, we used to take the blood pressure and we used to take the history very carefully. But nowadays, I think the most common is the echocardiography. Every medical student knows how to use it. So I think that could be sometimes quicker than taking the blood pressure of course, you can do right and left arm blood pressures. It can be different, but only if the blood vessels on the both arms are dissected. Otherwise, it may be the same, Yes. Right? So I think the quickest would be, for me, the history of pain, which is very penetrating, sharp pain. And the second, of course, you can do the blood test also, but the easiest would be an echo.
0: Very good. And a lot of, as you mentioned, many of our medical schools now are using point-of-care ultrasound and many of us can carry them around in our pockets.
1: Exactly. Not always yes. easy to
0: image that part of the aorta, but uh, you can certainly then turn to a CT or a transesophageal echo if, if still worried about it. What? Um, so changing gears just a little bit here. I know you're interested in the frozen elephant trunk technique and acute aortic dissections, and uh, you know I wonder if you could explain to our audience what in a, a frozen elephant trunk technique is and and what it's all about.
1: So uh, I worked almost 30 years in Hanover Medical School and 1982 Professor Hans Post is one of the pioneers of aortic surgery in the world. He came up with this idea uh, the technique called the elephant trunk technique where if the whole aorta was diseased uh, including the ascending aorta and the arts and the descending aorta then to make this uh, surgery easier he used to put a piece of graft in the descending aorta during the initial surgery, so that when he, if he had to go back from the left side to treat the descending aorta, then it made the surgery for the surgeon's the life a lot easier, and also the patient, the risks were lower. So this became one of the most famous techniques, surgical techniques, known worldwide for the, the treatment of the aortic arts. Then about twenty years ago. When I was still in Hanover, actually, we came up with this new idea called the frozen elephant trunk, where because with advances in medical technology, we could put in instead of a piece of graft, a stent graft in the descending aorta and replace the ascending and the arts of the aorta. And with the frozen elephant, this was came to be named uh, named as the frozen elephant trunk. And in acute dissection, in most people, almost 90% of the patients, what they have is a dissection of the ascending aorta, arts, and the descending aorta. It's not limited to the ascending aorta. In 10% of the patients, it's limited to the ascending aorta. But if the whole of the aorta is dissected, it is just not technically possible to replace the whole. What one usually does classically was the ascending aorta and part of the arts. But in some cases, if the arts is totally ruptured, so then you have to do more. So this is what the AATS guidelines also says that in case of rupture, and in case sometimes if the patient is so young and stable, then you can still also do the total arts because they would not need to come back again. Or if patients have connective tissue disorders like the Marfan syndrome, then we know that these patients come back again. Then one could replace the whole of the aortic arts and also then put a stent graft in the descending aorta so that for the later stages, uh, after the patient goes home so it, uh, over the years the whole of the descending order also is stabilized and these people do not need to come back so this came to be known as frozen elephant trunk and luckily you know after many years of trials the fta has finally approved a frozen elephant tr- trunk graft uh, for the us also so which we had started in 2008 in germany came to be certified last year so we have that also but again, this is only for a small group of people, you know, if the aortic arch is ruptured or if someone has Marfan syndrome or, you know, a young stable patients, then the AATS practice guidelines also says that we should think also about, also about the frozen elephant trunk.
0: The frozen part doesn't mean anything about how you preserve the trunk.
1: No, it's, it's, uh, it's a catchy name because okay. the, classically it was called elephant trunk. So, they call the stented part then frozen because it the stent it's, it's stent. it looks like frozen, right? it's it's not moving then. Yes.
0: very good. Well, it sounds like it'd be a huge advantage to a patient that not to have to come back to do another whole surgery. having seen a number of those over the years, I think it's a it's a big undertaking to have the first surgery and then to think about facing another one down the road is. So this is a very big advance for our patients. So I thank you for making our our audience aware of that frozen elephant trunk technique. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with at this time?
1: I think for the acute dissections, yes, it is a really acute emergency. Then if someone has, let's say, a patient goes to an emergency room somewhere in small hospitals, and normally, I wouldn't say normally, I would say more that unluckily, it usually happens during the night. I don't know why, all over the world. So and if you have suspicions of dissections, please do the diagnosis as soon as possible and send them to a center, a bigger center where they do aortic surgery. It's not always possible in a big country like US. I'm learning that because I come from geographically very small country like Germany where you could drive from one place to another, Uh, but then again, every our counts in acute dissection. So please send them as soon as possible to the nearest cardiac center. If possible, if you're around uh, Minnesota, then you can send them please to the American Clinic.
0: Well, it's been a great pleasure to have you with us today on interviews with the experts. And um, I look forward to more of these. Uh, you have a lot to share with us about this emerging field, our, our center of excellence for your care of the aorta and aortic valve. So you uh, we'll will definitely have you back.